the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we are, what, three days away here from the uh, from the first round election? Absolutely. It's uh, a very important day, June the 5th. Uh, you know, I have been deeply involved in politics for about the last five or six years. Um, so my timeline doesn't go back much before that. But it seems like every two years we say that this is the most important election. And it seems like we're building into a crescendo of something down the road. Because, indeed, I do believe that as important as it was to get Donald Trump elected, this election is about being able to maintain the, at least at the at the federal level, Trump's agenda. But now at the state level, we have to maintain a uh, we have to kill the opportunity for a two thirds majority in Sacramento, and we have local races that are really important. Right, and some of these are going to be determined, and we we have three uh, guests on the show, candidates and races we want to highlight. We'll have Tim Donnelly, who's running for Congress in the eighth congressional district. We'll have Jason Anderson, who's running for DA in San Bernardino County and wants to restore the rule of law and have just an honest prosecutor there. And that, it's very important that we have the rule of law and honest prosecutors. And then we have Mark Moisier. Mark Moisier, Secretary of State. Okay. And that and you it, want honest election. So you, just, so you, yeah. you need the you need an honest prosecutor and then you need Mark Moisier to have honest elections and make sure these voter rolls are cleaned up and the election laws are followed because they're not being. We, we, you know, right now we have, what, 11 counties in California with greater than 100% voter registration. And I have a lot of people that have reached out to me to say, what do we do in the governor's race? Because there's a lot of advertising that's coming out from Democrats that are featuring Republicans and people are having trouble sorting out what some of these uh, pieces are actually trying to say. You have Antonio Villaraigosa, who's trying to actually prop up John Cox, right? Or vice versa. So, oh, I mean, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's so, trying so, to diminish. So Newsom, to- so Newsom, who is leading in all the polls, wants to run against John Cox in November. Right. So he's, he's building him up in his right. pieces. Right. So he, he wants John Cox to come in second in this crazy top two, whereas Villaraigosa, if you look at the polls, most of them, you got the three-way race for second between John Cox, Travis Allen, and Antonio Villaraigosa. So Villaraigosa wants to bring down Cox a little bit and bring Allen up a little bit, but not too much. So Villaraigosa gets into second. So you, you get this mailer, and it looked like I, I, when I first saw it, I thought this was from Travis Allen. Very nicely done, featuring Travis Allen and his good points, and then uh, saying some uh, negative things about John Cox. And only if you read the very, this is a very expensive mailer. Only if you read the very fine print is you see that it's paid for by families and teachers for Antonio Villaraigosa. Yeah, and major major funders are leftist billionaires Reed Hastings, Eli Broad, and Michael Bloomberg. Yeah. 
you really got to read the fine print on these, especially in the what are called slate mailers, where a variety of different candidates for a variety of different offices are, are listed to know who they are. For my money, this boils down to two things for the general election. Who is the governor candidate that's going to keep people awake, energize them into the into the November election and get out the Republican vote? Number one. Number two, who is the candidate that you want to see on the debate stage debating Gavin Newsom? Who has the energy? Who has the chops? Who's going to hold uh, Newsom's feet to the fire when it comes to, um, you know, who do you who do you trust with the governor's race? Somebody that can't be trusted with his best friend's wife. I mean. That I think is a huge ding on Newsom. Well, I think it is. I think I think it is. But here's the other side of it. We had John Kupal a few weeks back from Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association that endorsed John Cox. And the rationale is this: is that if there's a Republican candidate for governor on the ballot, that's going to boost Republican turnout and help House races. And that may be the difference between Speaker Pelosi and Speaker. McCarthy or Speaker Jim Jordan, as well as legislate, legislative races. So they're not even thinking about winning the governor's race, whereas they just want to get a Republican on the ballot. And they think, and this is probably Donald Trump's thinking in endorsing John Cox and Kevin McCarthy in endorsing John Cox, is that he has the better chance of making the second round, never mind winning, whereas former Democrat Speaker Willie Brown says that it's Travis Allen that the Democrats fear most. If he were to make the second round, but to get to that debate stage you mentioned, he's got to make it to the second round. Got to get through the next wicket, which is June the 5th. Right, and most of the polls show him in fourth. Right. It is, and you bring up polls. We only have a, a, a minute left. I mean, actually seconds before you need to take a break. But the polling, you can't trust the polling because the polling is not necessarily based on turnout models. And the turnout on this election is anybody's guess. Let's get to a break so we can get to our first guest, Mark Moisier. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term or pay off high interest debt or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage call me at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time toll free day or night 855-640-2020 i'll give you all your options answer all your questions and walk you through the process and don't forget to listen to my show the main event saturdays at 10 a.m and 9 p.m sundays at 8 a.m right here on am 590 the answer Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747. And California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. AM590. The answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. We have on the phone with us somebody who is running for a very important office, Greg, that is actually, we actually have a shot, uh, Republicans do, of taking this very important uh, position in California because all election integrity really 
revolves around the Secretary of State. Oh, it does because they have so much control over making sure that uh, the, the, you know, the laws are followed, the rules are followed, their voting rolls are cleaned up according to law. Because we know that here in California, there are what, 11 counties, 13 counties that have greater than 100% voter registration. There's a whole bunch of more counties that are in the 90% when the national average is in the 75% range. So we know there's ample opportunity here for vote fraud, and it's important that we, you know, we've been working with the Election Integrity Project from kind of from the bottom up to try to bring about honest elections in California. And it'd be so important to combine that with an honest Secretary of State who is committed to honest elections. And that's why we're so enthusiastically supporting our guest here, Mark Moisier, for Secretary of State. Mark, welcome to the Unite IE Radio Show. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you taking time away from your busy, busy pack schedule, roaming all over, uh, hastily roaming all over the state. You have, you are literally one of the most busy guys. You're zigzagging all across the state in order to get this election integrity uh, message out. Give us an update. How are things going and what is it that uh, our listeners should know about this very important race? Well, most people hear Secretary say and they go, uh, what the hell do they do? And the answer is they're the chief election officer of the state. And so as Greg was saying, 11 counties with over 100% voter registration, it means that the current Secretary of State is not doing their job. There are three main parts of every election. The first part is making sure that only those people who are eligible to vote are on your voter roll. Then, on election day, making sure that uh, people are able to vote who are eligible to vote. And then the third part is counting the vote. And, you know, all three of those combined create election, you know, creates your elections. And if if you're doing your job right, you're going to have a very high voter integrity score. But when you have L.A. County with 144% voter registration... It creates this uh, problem where people stop believing that their vote actually counts, which is very dangerous in a republic. You know, when people believe that their vote doesn't count, they are less likely to actually get involved in the political system. And so that's why it is so critical to have fair and honest elections. And, you know, we know that four years ago, a Republican, Pete Peterson, almost won this race. And so that's why we are putting, pulling all the stops and going full speed ahead, trying to get the message out that elections matter. And over the last seven months, I have driven, this is not, does not include my airline miles, I have driven over 60,000 miles in the state of California, well over 400 uh, appearances. We've been getting out there, making sure that People understand the problem with our elections in the state of California, and it starts with our voter registration with 11 counties over 100% voter registration. Give us some examples that you found of how this potential for election, for vote fraud and problems have manifested themselves. Well, there are five main categories that you have of bloated voter rolls. And the first one that I would mention is best illustrated by Brandon, who lives in the San Fernando Valley. And in November 2016, he went to the polls to vote. And at the polls to vote on Election Day, he noticed that his grandfather had already voted. The only problem is his grandfather's been dead for 15 years. Uh, So when people... 
Yeah, when people have been dead and they don't remove the name from the voter rolls and your state doesn't require voter ID, you create the opportunity for fraud because people are able to come in, pretend that they're Brandon's grandfather, and they cast votes. A second category of bloated voter rolls comes when somebody moves and they don't remove your name from the ballot, as happened to a mother whose son moved out of her house 18 years ago. In fact, her son moved out of the state. Yet every single election for the last 18 years, she receives in the mail a vote-by-mail ballot for her son. Again, 18 years, they can't figure out that he no longer even lives in the state. Uh, That's just bad government, you know, because, you know, in between taxes and driver's license, uh, you ought to know that he's no longer living in the state. But, you know, that's your government for you right now. Wow. A A third way is called duplicate voter registration. Um, you know, that, that manifests itself in many ways. I've had people come in and tell me that, hey, uh, I'm registered to vote both under my married name and my maiden name. I uh, had a person the other day tell me that they received their mail-in ballot from Alameda County. And then the next day they received a mail-in ballot from San Joaquin County. You know, that's called the duplicate voter registration. Then, of course, there's the fictitious voter registrations, and that, that manifests itself in many ways. Uh, That could happen uh, when you have 19 people registered to vote out of one P.O. box or the 300 people registered to vote out of the building that burned down 25 years ago or, you know, maybe the, you know, 19 people registered to vote at a miniature golf uh, place. Wow. The fifth fifth category of bloated voter rolls comes in when a non-citizen gets on the voter rolls because here in California – In order to vote, you must be a citizen of the United States of America. And, you know, I could tell you story after story after story of people showing up to work on Election Day and seeing people wear an I Voted sticker. People who they know uh, are green card holders. Wow. You know, and I I could probably, I I can't tell you how many stories I could tell you. People who, in November of 2016, showed up to work and they saw people who they knew who had green card paperwork who had already voted. But the thing is, our state is registering non-citizens to vote when non-citizens go in and uh, obtain public welfare. Because if you go get public welfare, the state is going to hand you a voter registration card along with all the other paperwork, and they tell you, fill it all out in order to be eligible for, uh, for welfare. And so what do they do? They fill it all out. And we know that just one, one of the agencies in the state of California that administers public welfare has over 450,000 non-citizens who are receiving that form of public welfare. That means 450,000 non-citizens were told by a government employee to fill out a voter registration card in order to be eligible to vote. That is a problem. And the Secretary of State is not doing anything to review the voter rolls to cancel from it non-citizens who get on the voter rolls. And so that is why it is so critical that you elect a me to be your next Secretary of State. So that way, when I am in office, we will set up the policies and procedures to review the voter rolls to remove from it non-citizens who have gotten on the voter rolls, whether it's through driver's licenses or whether it's through uh you know, being uh, public welfare. Right. What we do, what we know is that about 5.3% of all 
jury service summons get returned with proof that the person is not a citizen that's not eligible to uh, sit, sit on a jury. And since the number one location where you get jury service summons comes from voter registration rolls, it indicates to me that there could easily be a million people on the voter rolls that are not eligible to vote. So you're saying one million people get jury summonses. I mean, of the, I mean, 38 million, I don't know how many people are eligible to serve on jury in California, but let's just say for the sake of example, 20 million. Uh, well, actually, do you know the number? How many people? We know that we have not. We have 19 million registered voters. Right okay, now. well, I was close, for my guess. 19 million registered voters. You're saying that of those, 1 million people have returned jury summonses with uh, excuses that indicate that they're non-citizens? Well, understand that the jury service summons come from a couple different databases. Right. They just predominantly come from the voter registrations, and right. they're augmented by a couple of the sources. But you're saying a million people return a jury summons saying that the reason that they can't serve on the jury is that they're non-citizens. What well, I said is 5.3%. So if you extrapolate so that. Right. You extrapolate that. So it, it could be as high as a million people. Wow. That's, who are non-citizens that is or on our voter huge. List. I don't remember the number, but in a couple of counties back in Virginia, they actually compared the voter roll and the return jury summons, and it was north of ten percent that were wow uh, that of that were people that were on the voter roll that uh, were were non citizens. So, Mark, you've outlined a lot of things that potentially are destroying or disenfranchising citizens from voting. Are any of these things actually illegal? Have our current Secretary of State, in your estimation, committed any kind of indictable crime in not executing their job in a way that protects our vote? I I am going to put it this way. The... Federal law and state law says that you need to be eligible to vote to be on the voter rolls. Right. But we know that there are people who are on the voter rolls who are not eligible to vote. We know that the Secretary of State is picking and choosing who, what, what laws he is enforcing. And, you know, he can make all sorts of complaints about uh, how he only has a limited budget and all that kind of stuff. So he has to pick and choose what he does. But, you know, he is going out of his way to make, you know, to not clean up the voter rolls. Instead, he's going out of his way to make it as easy for people to vote as possible. And that's kind of the, you know, is it an indictable offense? Maybe not an indictable offense, but it's definitely something that California voters should say, you know what? I don't like career priorities. I don't like the fact that you are not protecting my vote as a citizen Instead, you are trying to dilute it with the votes of non-citizens because you are refusing to believe that anybody would commit fraud on our election system. I mean, if somebody's going to break the law to come into this country, who who they really thinks that they're not going to break the law and vote? They're only going to break the one law to come into the country illegally. Uh, you need to actually have somebody in the Secretary of State's office who understands that there is a lot of power and a lot of a lot of power over the purse that comes with elected office, and so there are going to be those people who are going to take advantage of any lax rules to make sure 
that they can steal elections. And that's just unacceptable in a republic. You need to have a secretary of state who actually understands that people are going to do whatever they can to steal an election, and you need to have a vigilant sheriff. I mean, if your county sheriff said, hey, nobody feeds in my county, there is no crime in my county, so me and my sheriff deputies, we're just going to sit in our office all day and do nothing, you guys would throw that uh, sheriff out of office in a New York second. Well, that's what's going on with our elections here in California. We got a secretary of state who basically says, there is no fraud in elections in the state of California, so right. we're not going to investigate it. We're not going to actually do anything to clean up the problem. And it's time for the voters of the state of California to rise up and say, enough is enough. We want a sheriff who actually is going to audit and inspect our elections to make sure that there is some integrity in the system. You don't have to agree with this, but the Democrat Party practices vote fraud. And we've seen the examples that you've given here in California. We have the James O'Keefe videos from the 2016 election in which paid operatives of the Hillary Clinton campaign are on video explaining how they were going to commit vote fraud in the coming elections. If you want honest elections, I mean, we all have our partisan differences and we have favorite candidates, favorite party, favorite issues. But the preserving the republic, preserving self-government should transcend victory for our candidate or our party or a particular issue in a particular election. There are things that are more important than that. And if you want honest elections here in California, you need to have an honest sheriff. And that's why we so enthusiastically endorse Mark Moisier for Secretary of State. And just, I'm going to take one more minute here because it's a, it's a different issue that you've encountered in ways to social media bias. I got your email the other day that you're not allowed to buy ads on Facebook because you don't have a verified page, but Facebook has just refused to process your application for a verified page. Yeah, they, they actually, Facebook called me today and they got that, that first part taken care of, so I'm now have a verified page, but I, it, I still have to send in, uh, you know, I have to get snail mailed something that I have to then re- enter a code into Facebook so that we can, a- that way the campaign can advertise again. By the time that happens, this uh, top two will be over, so we won't be able to advertise on Facebook for probably another week or so. Wow. That is uh, that is stunning how Facebook has, uh, I mean, I, it's great, I guess, that they called you, but too little, too late, right? Oh, yeah, they called me because I evidently have a pretty powerful social media presence, and, you know, people were crying uh, foul up one side and down the other. And, Good for you. Uh, I, we, didn't, we didn't go down quietly, let's put it that way. How many other Republican candidates across the country are they doing the same thing to? Well, it wasn't just Republicans. There's actually Democrats that this has happened to also. Uh, But, you know, where it's really been uh, affecting is, you know, here in California where we have elections next week. And, you know, so the people who have been elected officials, they had their accounts. But, I mean, this has caught political operatives off guard. It's caught, you know, it's caught a lot of people off guard. What's going on here is because, you know, yeah, you announce that, you know, there's this new thing, but, you know, they don't really, you know, when you're running a statewide campaign, you're traveling all over the state, you're not reading Facebook's press releases. I mean, that's where they put it. It was Facebook's press release. They announced this. And unless you are 
you know, one of those weird people who reads Facebook press releases, you know, you really weren't aware that this was going to happen. So you're calling people who read Facebook presses weird. I get it. Mark Moisier, thank you so much for being with us. You're a stand-up guy. You have a stand-up wardrobe, and everybody needs to go to your website. Greg, do you have it? I do, and that is... Uh, www.markmoisier.com and Moisier is spelled M-E-U-S-E-R.com and do everything you can to support this guy if you believe in honest elections. Send money, send help. See you on June the 5th. Good luck, Mark. And uh, I have a strong suspicion we're going to be continuing this conversation after June the 5th. I look forward to it. All right. You take care. Drive carefully. Zigzagging across the state. Mark Moisier, candidate for Secretary of State. Thank you for being with us. More on the Unite IE Radio program up ahead. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office that of private citizen, and every private citizen has a obligation on June the 5th to get out and vote. Uh, that's from Justice Brandeis, but as for our next guest here, there's another Justice Brandeis quote. If we desire respect for the law, we must first make the law respectable. And we've seen what's the goings-on in the swamp in D.C., and San Marino County has its own swamp. And uh, the, I think the conduct of the current DA, Mark Ramos, has, has done anything but been respectable and producing respect for the law. So that's why we have Jason Anderson, who's a candidate for district attorney, a former you know, prosecutor himself, now in private practice. And uh, he's taken on Mike Ramos. Um, welcome to the show, Jason. Uh, thanks, Greg. Uh, nice to be there. Great to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about what the big picture, why are you running for district attorney, what is it that you hope to bring to this office that you believe is currently not being done? Uh, first off, a, um, a a sense of uh, integrity, credibility, and honesty. I've been very clear. I'm not interested in any other office. Um, I do not want to um, use the DA's office as a political platform uh, or as a springboard for any other office. I want to uh, uh, keep people in the community safe, based upon straight standards of can we prove cases beyond a reasonable doubt, not what it might do for someone personally, but what's it going to do to keep the community safe. And as I've gotten my message out there over the last couple of months, that's resonating with people, uh, that they want that view of somebody who's going to be committed locally to the true mission of the office. And you would even refuse. If someone wanted you to run for another office, you would say, "Mm, no, thank you. 
That's that's absolutely correct. And uh, my my goal is to do the job as best as I possibly can do it for the residents. And 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 that's it is to is to be involved in the DA's office as long as the voters would have me uh, to not seek any additional position. And as I've said. Um, you know, if someone were to come to me, it would be humbling. If someone were to come to me and say, hey, we like what you're doing, we'd like you to maybe move over to this position and do it, I would decline that. You know, it's really a sad commentary on the state of political affairs, not just in our counties, but uh, across the country, because I'm sure this isn't the only place where someone who might be seeking higher office, who might use the DA's office as a platform to do that, would put their finger on the scales of justice in order to ensure that their f- political future remains viable. Is that a fair statement? It is, and what's difficult is that you realize the power of the district attorney's office to turn people into defendants with just a stroke of mm. uh, a button on a, on a keyboard. That's all that it takes. And so if you're not looking at that objectively every time, then you start to go down a path uh, that can get, that can lead to difficult um, uh, experiences and difficult results for everyone involved. I tell everybody on the, on, the, on the campaign trail, most people don't realize just how large and powerful the district attorney's office is. I certainly do from my broad experience from being in it and being on the outside of it. Uh, it's massive, and it always needs to be an objective view, not something that's subjective, not something that might help you here, uh, help your friends here, or hurt people who aren't your friends on this side. That's that's just not that's not what our constitution is all about. It's the rule of law that, that should run that office, not not some subjective ambition. And right, and most private citizens don't have the wherewithal to stand up to the district attorney, which for most for most people has far more resources. Is not paying not is not paying attorneys out of their pocket, whereas the, a private defendant, unless you want the public defender, is you're you're paying three, four, five hundred dollars an hour to a criminal yeah. defense attorney to represent you, and most people just can't afford that. Well, and I think if you look the way that the way the federal constitution is written, our founders understood that, Greg. I mean, they they were coming away from an oppressive government, and so the constitution, in terms of um, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, and the Fourteenth Amendment. Think how many amendments were devoted to being able to uh, regulate the power of the government in this executive branch, which is what the district attorney's office is. Um, you know that's that's what's so important. And you're right. Once you get under that weight, it, all the resources are in the favor of the government at that point. I mean, you know, we want to keep people safe in in with the right decisions and with the right resources, you do keep the community safe. Uh, but you can't start turning those resources and that focus beyond something that respects the rule of law. You mentioned the Constitution a couple of times. Are you a believer that the Constitution, uh, there's two broad arching schools of thought, uh, that the Constitution, you take the uh, uh, sort of the Anton Scalia view that the Constitution is has original intent that needs to be preserved versus a more progressive view that the Constitution is a living document. Where do you fall? I, I fall um, uh, much closer to the, the stricter uh, interpretation of it. Uh, what I do believe, though, is the Constitution is written, particularly when it comes to criminal justice, is to ensure that innocent people aren't swept up in the system. Uh, and that we protect everybody. That's why we have a presumption of, of, of reasonable doubt that has to be overcome. Uh, and so when you look at being an advocate in an adversarial system, um, the, the Constitution be, should be strictly interpreted to see it 
as a check against government power, not as an ability to use that government power to your own advantage. Does that make sense? Yes. One of the matters that's yeah. certainly been in a lot of in considerable discussion, probably people have mailers on the subject, is this colonies case. And as I understand, and you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on this, the colonies shopping center developers won a big civil case against the county. And shortly thereafter, Ramos brings corruption charges against the developers that languishes for years, they finally go to trials eight or nine months, and the jury, they spend $50 million on this case, and in less than a day, the jurors acquit. And they are, some of them are quoted as saying uh, that about the, the government's case is, um, you grow up being told that the government and the law enforcement are the good guys, but they were pulling a fast one on us and bringing up things that weren't true. Or another juror, I never thought the DA's office was corrupt until after this trial. Do I have that about right? Yeah, that's, that is right. Those are quotes from those jurors. And I, I think that, you know, in terms of even the particulars of that case and looking at it more generally uh, in terms of uh, the overreaching uh, principle is that um, there's an issue in terms of discernment and judgment that was exercised in that case by the government. Even for argument's sake, if you want to say, you thought maybe there was something there at the beginning. As the case went down through those years of litigation, and it continued to show less and less and less evidence, the DA's office is never committed to a case simply because they decided to file it. What they're committed to is the law and the facts and the right thing to do. And that is the concern not only in that case, but other uh, other cases anytime where just because you make a commitment as a government and then things are shown that it's not the case that you thought it was, the right thing to do is you have to walk away from that case. I did that as a prosecutor several times in my career when, you know, the evidence starts to, to turn another way and you realize you can't prove that case beyond a reasonable doubt. That case has to be out of the system. That's the right thing to do. It's a difficult thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. At the same time, real crime, such as murder up 18%, uh, overall violent crime up 26%, aggravated assault with a firearm up 63%, and other, other, other categories, all increasing over 2014 to 16. At the same time, Ramos's office on this real crime filed 14% fewer felony cases. Yes. Um, I think that it's uh, a concentration on resources that need to be uh, the priority in the DA's office and not necessarily other side specialty units. I think some of the resources from those need to be brought back into the violent crimes, the serious crimes. I know that over the last couple of years when I've been in private practice, some of the cases, that, some of the violent cases that I've tried have been four or five years old. Mm to go to trial. That's too old. Um, those serious and violent cases need to be tried more quickly because then not only do you are you obviously able to hold people responsible, but there's also closure for the person on the other side of that, which is the victim or the victim's family and their support group, not languishing around for four or five years. It's, it's too long in the system. We have better resources than that, by the way. We need to devote them better. We're talking to Jason Anderson, who is a candidate for district attorney in the county of San Bernardino. You can read more about him 
his bio, his issues, who's endorsed him, and a little bit about why he's running. Uh, well, actually, a lot about that. It's Jason Anderson with an O, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-D-A dot com. Uh, we've got about a minute left, Jason. Uh, final thoughts on uh, going into June the 5th, the election. What should people be thinking about regarding well, their vote? I, I think what they want to assess is, is my experience over the last 21 years. Uh, I was a prosecutor for 17 years. Most of that time was spent prosecuting child molesters, abusers, and pimps. Um, I was in the courtroom continuously, um, and I have been since 1998. Uh, Mr. Ramos hasn't personally handled a criminal case since 2002. Uh, he's administered an office, but in terms of actually presently rolling up the sleeves and, and getting it done, uh, that's not been the case. And I think that the more that he's been removed from the actual workings of the office, uh, the more political it's, it's become. I'm going to stay uh, in the courtroom. I'm going to handle some cases. Um, I want to be able to know exactly how the system is impacting our citizens and what best resources need to be devoted to continue to keep them safe. And I, and I said, you know, my mission is public safety because I've done it for so long. I'm not interested in politics. Thank you, Jason. The, the rule of law is vital to the republic, and that's why uh, we in the Redlands Tea Party Patriots are enthusiastically endorsing and supporting you because we recognize the importance of those things, and we think you're the guy to uh, restore them here in San Bernardino County. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate uh, I appreciate that and your support and the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Thank you for being with us, Jason. More up ahead on the Unite Inland Empire radio program as we continue to count down the hours until June the 5th. You guys you got to get out and vote. We'll be back after this message from our sponsor for this half hour. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And our third candidate that we're uh, featuring today, uh, Tim Donnelly, he was a MAGA patriot before the term MAGA was ever coined by Donald Trump. He's been uh, uh, battling the establishment, uh, fighting illegal immigration, Long before Donald protecting Trump was the again. border, protecting the border, drawing I mean, attention to the border, absolutely. Right. And so we're so pleased to have uh, Tim Donnelly, who's a candidate for Congress in the eighth congressional district, which is mostly the high desert area and the, and the mountains in, in San Marino County. Uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Oh, it's great to be back on with you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Give us uh, a sense of what you're hearing on the campaign trail in this huge congressional district that I'm sure has pockets of folks that you can uh, visit with. What are you hearing out there? Well, I've been knocking a lot of doors, and i, I got to tell you, it's unlike any election I've ever witnessed because it's really hard to tell. Uh, 
a lot of people have not decided who they're voting for for governor. Mm. So absentee ballots are still sitting on tables, on kitchen tables. Really? At, uh, in almost every neighborhood that we visited. And yesterday I was knocking an extremely conservative area. And uh, people, I'd go to one door and they'd be for Travis, or they're for Cox. <laughs> so uh, I think that's going to have an impact on the rate at which uh, the absentee ballots are returned. And so it isn't in, in races that are close. You're, you're really not going to know. Um, fortunately in my race, uh, I kept running into people who said they voted for me. Now I hope, I hope that's a, that's a good polling indicator. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, your objective mostly is to get enough votes so that you have a respectable showing on June the 5th, because most likely you're going to advance into the general election, correct? Um, that, 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 that is not my objective. Oh. My objective is to win. Well my said. My objective is to totally obliterate the enemy. I accept the, the correction <laughs> and, yeah. I, and agree um, with the mindset. Now, yeah, I agree well, with the mindset. But here's the thing. So I, I just have to go for it. I have no idea where, where things are going to wind up. Obviously, you always think you're going to win. I, I certainly thought that last time. And the Republicans helped the Democrat inch past me so that I was kept out of the top two. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Well, this time, there's three Democrats, thankfully. Oh, <laughs> One wow. of them has some name ID because she ran in the general election last time. One of them is a complete unknown with a similar name to mine. And then one of them has a tremendous amount of union money behind her, and um, and she is attacking Paul Cook from the left. I'm attacking his his record from the right, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it comes out. And it's amazing is what I thought is I saw there was an article in the paper is they all look like you. <laughs> yeah, the Press Enterprise <laughs> has never been a Tim Donnelly fan. Uh, they so they asked us, you know, submit uh, you know a little write up, answer some questions or whatever. So I did that and sent a photo. Well, they, I don't even know if it was the photo I sent them or they just grabbed one off the internet. But they they uh, they put it on the front page of the Sunday paper and it said, you know, Cook. And then it said Paul Cook with his bio, Tim Donnelly with his bio, Marge Doyle with her bio, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, every one of the pictures was Tim Donnelly. So there's five Tim Donnellys on the page. That is hilarious. Send in the clones. Don't bother their hair. That is hilarious. So tell us a little bit about what it is, what what rests in the balance uh, here in a Tim Donnelly victory in the Congressional 8th District. Why are you running? Uh, what is it that uh, you know will change in Congress if Tim Donnelly is uh, seated in Washington, D.C.? Well, first of all, you will never have any question where I stand. I'm not ashamed to put Republican on my signs. I have laid out very clearly what I stand for. I, Before I was ever involved in politics, I founded the Minutemen in the state of California. So I don't have to run commercials claiming that I support our immigration laws and I, and I will defend our sovereignty um, because I never voted for amnesty and never would. Uh, Cook when we were in the assembly together, voted for amnesty for illegal aliens at DUI checkpoints. And, uh, and, and it's really unfortunate in politics that the side that has the money can always pretend to be the other person. 
And so, so if you want to know who I am, it's who Cook is pretending to be. <laughs> okay. I, I will absolutely push to do the enumerated duties. And, and that means, look, here's a clear, concise difference. So Cook voted for the $1.3 trillion omnibus bill. You know, that, it, it contained a number of things. It contained uh, full funding for Planned Parenthood. It contained full funding for um, pretty much the entire Democrat agenda, including Common Core, including, um, you know, all kinds of crazy things. It also included some gun control. There was a gun control measure in there that, that sparked the uh, gun owners of America to endorse me and say that Cook sold out on our gun rights. And, and that was them. I didn't solicit the, the endorsement. I filled out their questionnaire, and they came out with that. So this thing had so much stuff in it that basically mirrors the entire Obama-Pelosi agenda. Mm. And I would never vote for that. Not only would I not vote for it, but I would dig through it, pull the pieces out, and expose them to the public and build support to actually get a bill that prioritizes our military funding without having to fund the dismemberment of children and, and you know, through Planned Parenthood. Paul Cook has a conservative uh, review rating of F. And for a conservative district like you have, there's no reason to have an F. There's no reason why we can't have an A plus in the 8th Congressional District. Well, I, I, I would agree with you. Uh, I saw Paul Cook the other day at a breakfast. He would not shake my hand and was very upset at me and said that I was misrepresenting his record. He, he has his little minions all over Facebook now saying that I'm misrepresenting his record, I'm lying about his record, and, and that he votes 98% of the time with Trump, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he may vote, be voting with Trump now because Trump's popular, but he bet against Trump's election, bet $5,000 to the assemblyman's wife, Jay Obernolte's wife, Heather, who confirmed it publicly and on camera at the Redlands Tea Party meeting the other day. But, but not only that, he, at the time, I, put up a, I was about to put up a little um, screenshot of Mark Levin's conservative review, conservative review rating of Paul Cook. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, look, he got an F, he got a 44%. And when I looked it up on my phone, I discovered I had been misrepresenting his record. He has an F, but it's a, it's now dropped to 42%. They got me. Think about Paul Cook. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This is the reddest district in the state of California. We deserve a, a representative who will stand up for our values, who will stand up for the principles on which, on which he stood for election. Look, the Second Amendment is under massive assault. I will never apologize. I don't care what they call me. You should see the hate mail I'm getting from putting out my endorsement uh, from having the gun owners of America call me a Second Amendment patriot. And I've had people come back and say, I hate guns. I want to repeal the Second Amendment, and I and I want to, and I hope you die. F you, you Nazi scum. You know. Well, that's how I know I'm getting through to people. Wow. You know, Tim, you just need to learn to be more tolerant, like they are. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> no, but, but, I, you know what's a, we? You know what's amazing, right? We're the most tolerant people on the face of the earth, and we're also the most peace loving. Yes. Just because we want to have the ability to defend our lives and our freedom from. Whatever threat, whether it's from the government, from tyranny, or whether it's from you know a common criminal who decides they want to break into your home and and and, and do God knows what, you know the, the bottom line is that is a God given right to defend your life and your freedom. The Paul, Cook. you know, it's funny. I just wanted to add this in real quick to this tolerance co- uh, piece that we just uh, dug out of uh, our conversation. 
I was reviewing uh, several videos that were compilations put together during the campaign of 2016. Every single video shows the left attacking Donald Trump supporters. It doesn't matter whether it was at a Donald Trump event or some other uh, some other uh, you know, political event. They they are the ones that instigated the violence and uh, against Donald, and yet they're they're trope their narrative was that it was the donald trump supporters at these conf- at these uh, events that attacked the people that were there to cause trouble in the first yeah. place and that absolutely that, the same people who came up to kill the nra right right yes not stop the nra kill the nra yep. yeah that, good luck try that yes <laughs> paul cook was a great Marine. He was a colonel. The problem is, in my way I see it, is he still acts like that in, as a congressman. So when General told Colonel Cook to do something, Colonel Cook saluted and did it. The problem now is when Speaker Boehner or Speaker Ryan tell Congressman Paul Cook to do something, he salutes and does it. And whereas hey. you're, gonna, you're going to be one of us behind enemy lines in the swamp and... I, well, I so want to see that Gregory. happen. Let, 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 me, let me address that. First of all, you're right. And, and I, I, Paul Cook honorably served, and he was a hero. He, he got two Purple Hearts in Vietnam and a, a medal for valor. So he is unquestionably an American hero in terms of his military service. And I salute him for that, and I thank him for that. And I believe that he's sincere in a lot of the things he believes, but I don't think he's been honest about what he truly believes in his heart. So his, his record in the Congress just flat out sucks. It is, he's not a conservative. If he was a conservative, Charles Munger Jr., the liberal from San Francisco, wouldn't have bought him a seat for a million dollars. But he does follow orders, and he follows orders well. As a matter of fact, when he was questioned personally this weekend about the, the uh, vote to use our military funds for sex change surgery, he was one of only 23 Republicans, and we lost that vote by five votes. You know what he said? He said, Trump made me do it. And then when that didn't work out and people weren't quite believing that, he said, well, really, it was James Mattis, the the defense secretary, who made me do it. He ordered me to do this. And I'm like, if Trump or Mattis had ordered Republicans to vote for the transgender uh, surgeries to be paid for with military funds, don't you think the New York Times would have put that on the front page and CNN would be running it still to this day, months later? We are out of time here for this for this uh, this uh, United IE Radio. I want to thank you, Tim, and Godspeed. And I am crossing my fingers and do and, and praying that you're going to be the next congressman from the Eighth District and go back there and represent us behind enemy lines. Thank you. God bless you and Godspeed. Have a great day. That's going to do it for us. Another United IE Radio program in the can. June the fifth. Vote. It's up to you. See you next week. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.